Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. 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 Good morning. This morning I have a a study with you on uh, Leviticus chapter 4. In Leviticus chapter 4, it has to do with the instructions of the Lord uh, to Moses in relation to priestly sins. Priestly sins is something that nobody wants to talk about uh, if you're a priest. If you're a minister, I don't want to talk about my sins in front of a camera. I don't want to deal with it. But in fact, it's necessary to me in order to face who I am, what God has done in me, and to help others to overcome. Because you see, all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so in order to, to minister as we, as we are going to do today, uh, it's necessary to uh, explain. So let me read it to you uh, a couple of verses. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and find and, 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 and shall do against any of them, if the priest is the anointed to do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin which he has sinned a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering. And so he opens up the instructions, God speaking to Moses. And he talks about, number one, he talks about sin through ignorance. Sin through ignorance. And then he deals with the sins of the priest. Now, today I like to cover these two areas. The sin of the priest in relation to other, other persons, the regular person, the entity, the priests, are, are in this point very, very detailed, specific information on how to handle it. And I think it will help me, it will help all of us, to overcome this, because I do want my sin to
to be dealt of the Lord. I'm not going to somehow tell you that I have no sin. I'm not going to tell you that somehow I've got a clean health, be health. That'll be a big lie. And second, as a minister of the gospel that, that's been ministering for 50-some years, uh, I need the Lord to deal with me in a way that uh, will please Him, bless Him, so I'm up to par with Him. So in other words, I'm more interested in what the Lord thinks than you think. So what is then sins of ignorance? Because verse 1, chapter 4 says, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commands of the Lord. What is this idea of sinning? A person, irrespective of his knowledge, cannot know what sin is. Meaning that the law is so complex that some people would not really know what they're doing. They would sin in ignorance. And God is saying that for those that are this way, I have some mercy. It's very humbling, very comforting to us to sort of uh, realize that God in the Old Testament thought about us that, in fact, some of us will not be able to cover our sins because we don't know anything about, what, about the law. Now, the atonement of Jesus is not measured by men's consciousness of sin. That's what the law does. The law makes you conscious of sin. So, the atonement of Jesus, the death of the Lord, is not measured by men's consciousness of sin. But God's measurement of it, God measures Himself. He sees it. So there's no way you can make a mistake, no way you can get away with it. He knows. He measures the heart. He sees men. So the sin of ignorance is committed by the people and the priests. But especially the priests. Because the priests should know better. The priests should know much better. And what you're going to find out here is that sometimes the priests themselves... Don't know squat. <laughs> and so, in order to cover your sins, in order to deal with them, okay, the Old Testament is very specific, and it really blesses us abundantly to talk about this because it helps us. Verse 3, it says, If the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, let him bring for his sin which he has sinned, a young bullock without blemish. A bull. In the sin offering, the sinfulness, listen to this, I'm going to say very slow. In the sin offering, this, these offerings, uh, you know, we talked about the burned offering, the trespass offering, now the sin offering. The sin offering, the sinfulness of the sinner was transferred to the victim Transferred to the victim. The bullock would receive the sin of the priest. And then he would slaughter in a very detailed fashion that bullock. Now let's continue. Because I, I just want you to know that in the burnt offering there's a transference when you put your hand on the, on the animal. In the, in, the, in the sin offering the same way. But the priest... In terms of the priestly sin, 
God required several things that were very interesting. For instance, He shall dip the finger, His finger on the blood, and sprinkle of the blood seven times before the Lord. Now, before the Lord meaning, He would go into the tent of the congregation. We're dealing with the tent in the wilderness. It's not the temple in Jerusalem. It is the tent where you'd have the, the menorah, the altar of incense, and you have the table, the shoe bread, and of course inside is the holy, most holy of holies. On that, on that first division, there's a close, there's a veil. He would go to the veil and seven times sprinkle his finger. Seven times, meaning God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have sinned, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, seven times. Now then, the next thing he would do, he would, uh, in verse 7, shall put blood on the horn of the altar of incense. You dip his finger on the blood of Bullock. And this is a priest now. He works in that area. That's his environment. He would go into the horns of the altar. The horns of the altar of incense is, is uh, 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 four horns of this small altar that burns incense 24-7, 24-7. It's 24 hours a day. You put blood and hold the horn, each horn, each corner. You hold the horn on this, on this altar of incense, meaning that he would say, God, I th- I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. Now take my sins away from me. And here I am, God, with my hand full of blood. The psychological impact of that to a priest must have been horrible. I mean, you're talking about dipping his finger on this animal's blood and, and, and touching the altar of the incense of the Lord. The altar of incense offers prayers for all the people. Is the, is, the, is the incense that sends an aroma, sweet aroma to heaven 24-7. In Romans 6, 3 and 4, says this, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The body of sin might be destroyed. And the sense here is that when Jesus died on the cross, confessing Him as Lord and Savior, you transfer to Christ your sin as He is resurrected and going to heaven. He's in heaven today. And so, all of this is in relation to the priest. Verse 7, shall pour all the blood of the bullock upon the bottom of the altar. The burnt offering had already been burned. The animals had been burned already in the altar. And so now you're talking about not the blood of, as redemption of the sin a man committed. The priest did everything. The man did nothing. The priest would have to do the following. He has to do that. A regular person wouldn't have to do that, but the priest would have to do that. The fat that covered all the inward parts, all of the fat of the interior organs that cover the organs, 
had to be separated. Second, the two kidneys of the animal, all the fat upon it, near the loins, in the long lobe of the liver, remove it and prepare it to be presented to the Lord. Why, why was that idea of burning two livers uh, meant something to the priest? Because you see, what God is trying to say is that sin is so deep, so severe as to God, that He wanted the priest to see the two livers in front of Him and remember His sin, because in the liver was His sin. Think about that. You're sitting there, standing there, as the other priests are ministering to you. You, the priest, committed sin, and you got to see two livers, and you see the livers being cut out of the animal that's already dead. And you look at it, and they put it into a long, a long server plate, and, and a long pole, and bring the two livers to the altar, and, the, and burn, and then they take the blood that is left over, and put it at the bottom of the brazen altar. The priest shall burn it at the altar and uh, at the burnt offering, the brazen altar, but the hide, the legs, and the head, internal organs and intestines, all of that, all the rest of that, dung included, had to be taken outside of the camp. So what was taken outside of the camp? Uh, uh, something like uh, the hide, the internal organs, the head, the legs, the intestines in the dung, taken outside of the place, and burned, a ceremonious clean place, and burned it, wood fire, on the ash heap. And so all of the sins, all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the agony, the family went through, because the priest lived separately. You know, they weren't together with the congregation, in where they lived, they, were, they, they had a separate uh, a place for, for the tents of the priests. And when one priest had sinned against God, deeply against God, and God knew it, there's no way to get away, no way to hide. God knew it. He would have to go through this procedure. The carcass of the slain animal could not be burned out at the brazen altar, rather burned outside of the camp. When a Christian sins today, as, 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 as bad as it is, the Christian does not have to be saved all over again. That's what this meant. In other words, when you are a priest and you sin today, in the, in the past, the burn of the kidneys, the burn of the hide and the ash heap, signifying all the sin that you committed is down to ashes today. That simply means today to us that when you, when you sin as a priest, all your sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood is the one that is poured out in the mercy seat for all our sins. And of course, no question about this you don't have to be saved all over again. 
there is everything about it. When properly confessed, nothing left to sin. As the ash heap burned the, the hide and the legs and the, and the head of the bullock outside of the camp, okay, Jesus outside of the walls of Jerusalem on the cross of Calvary burned and removed all our sins. He removed, He took away. Remember John the Baptist uh, in, the, in the Jordan River up there close to Jordan, you know, the country of Jordan, the, the, the wilderness of this, just before Jordan gets into the Dead Sea. He's out there baptizing thousands of people, the baptism of redemption. And in one minute he heard a voice and he said to himself, Here's the Lamb of God who takes the sins, takes the sin, takes the sins of the world. And so the priestly sin, it's complicated. Because you see, you have to deal with it. You have to, you have to work on that. So let's take a look for just a moment on verse 1 of chapter, of chapter 4. And I want to work that out. It says, if a soul sins through ignorance... He's talking about unintentional violation. If done knowingly, it's a capital punishment. Now, who knows that he's intentional? God knows he's intentional. What does that mean for us today? It simply means that life presents situations that you live with that are very complicated. It's difficult to understand. How to deal with this? I talked to a, a Muslim in Brazil. And the, and the Muslim in Brazil, a young man, told me of his sin. And so I sat down with him because I was about to baptize him. and said, my, my daughter needs a special medication. And I cannot afford this medication. So I found a way to rob this medication from a large pharmacy in, in Rio de Janeiro. Because if I didn't rob, my daughter will die. How does God deal with a man that's trying to save his life by committing a sin of robbery? The Bible says in, 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 in uh, Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not steal. And so his question to me was, Did you, can God forgive my sin? Well, that's for you to decide. But there is intentional, unintentional violations. You didn't mean to do it. It just happened. Life has circumstances that we, are go, we go through that it happens. And if you live long enough, you're going to experience some of that. And so you have to go back to the Lord and say to Him, God, I present to you not a bullock, but I present to you Christ, Him resurrected, His blood on the mercy seat of heaven. And I ask you, God, to forgive my sin. Because there are unintentional sins. The cost of unintentional sin reminds us that the Israelites, that one is a sinner by virtue of his own very nature. In Brazil, I went to, to a church, and a lady came to talk to me. And, uh, and I, I explained to her the circumstance of her marriage. And what she wanted to tell me. And after she said to me uh, uh, what happened to her, uh, I, I was deeply touched. 
She had been taken by four men and tormented sexually for several days. Finally, after months in the hospital, she came out of that. But the circumstance of that environment and that situation caused her healing and intentional harm to her mind to where her sexuality uh, became uh, deeply, deeply broken in pieces. And so she had some affairs. So the question is this. When she comes to God, does God going to consider her being raped by four men for a period of three weeks? Think about that. When God receives a prostitute in heaven, and she comes boldly to Him, uh, uh, saying, uh, would, you need a, would you need a cup of water? Would you uh, like to drink a cup of water? Here it is, you, you can have it. You have five husbands, but the one you have is not your husband. Is God extending the grace to the woman in, uh, in, in, in John chapter 4 that allows her to receive it? God extended kindness, gentleness, mercy to her, even though she had five husbands. And so the question of an intentional sin is very psychologically, physically, and, and, and spiritually, and mentally very difficult to deal with it. And God understands that situation. He understands the problems that are involved in your life. I really believe that. So, how does the cost is involved now? Let's take a look about the money. Because the priestly sin, in Leviticus 4.3, it took a bull. A bull is a very expensive animal. You're talking about uh, shackles of galore. A Israelite community leader, also a bullock, in, in Leviticus 4.3. For a leader in the community in, Je- in, in Leviticus 4.23 is a male goat. Much less. Common people, a female goat in 4.28, a female lamb in 4.32, a pair of turtle doves or pigeons, one for the sin offering, one for or one-tenth of a effort of fine flour in Leviticus 5.11. And so as you look at the cost of sin, you keep on wondering how in the world a family, especially a priestly family, would deal with that unsurmountable cost of a bullock. God used mercy on His distribution of requirements. Even in the Old Testament, one more time. God used mercy on His distribution of requirement. Priests pay the most. If He failed, the lay people would fail also. But He considered the poor. He considered those with less money. He considered those with less position. But now in relation to the cross, to all of us in the, in, 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 in the, in the, in the, the last covenant, all... Uh, uh, no man shall teach his neighbor, his brother, know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Meaning, if you confess your sins to God, He's faithful. It doesn't matter if you're a priest. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. It doesn't matter if you are. In other words, the commonality of sin is clearly across the board. All you have to do is to bow down to God and say, I confess to you, Lord, that I was wrong. I confess to you that I have sinned against you. And I ask you, God, to take my mind, take and cleanse me and release me. Why is it that that is most important 
to those that serve the Lord. Because we sin. And if you don't do that, and you put yourself above everybody else, you begin to understand that the sin, unconfessed sin that you have, is completely weaning your soul. And you begin to lose contact with God. You begin to lose contact with anointing. You lose lose contact with power. You lose contact with conviction. And I tell you, if you are a priest and you're not convicted, you're dead. And so, how do you overcome? First of all, turn around and sin no more. That's what she said to the prostitute, to the woman in John 4. Go away and sin no more. And that was it. She's totally forgiven. Now, there are four major things about these sacrifices that I want to share with you. And about time, I have five minutes. The first one is substitution. The one offering had to take place uh, uh, for the sinner. Now, this is a yearly affair. The sin offering only happened once a year. And notice the priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood upon the Ark of the Covenant. In those days, was the holy place only. And, and the lamps are there, and he would have to change the oil on the lamps. He would have to get out of that holy of holies place, and the whole nation of Israel would be bowing down before the Lord as God would come in a cloud of, of anointing and power and stop over the tent of the congregation and stay there for hours as people began to worship the Lord. They stood outside of their tents. Father, wife, children, all kneeling down and bowing down and worshiping the Lord and covering their heads with the tailic. And they were just observing the glory of God as God took away the sins of the people. Substitution. He simply put Jesus in the place of the sacrificial animal. And on Christ, all our sins were taken away. Number two, identification. By putting his hands on the animal's head, the offerer transfers sin from himself to the animal. And that's, I keep on referring to that several times as I deal with this. That transferring the sin, it's quite an unbelievable experience. When you transfer the sin, Identification. Number three, the death of the offer, the offering. The offer now kills the animal by killing the animal. He kills the sin. The soul that sins is the soul that dies. The soul that sins is the soul that dies. And now Ezekiel eighteen four is totally exchanged. When the animal dies. As a substitute bearing the sin of the offer, he gave life to the offer, exchanging death for life. Just before we close, I want to read to you First Peter two four twenty four. And I want to have a prayer with you that is a priest. Because you see, as a priest, we suffer when we don't confess our sins. We have a lot of problems with that. 
And the only way you know that you are on top of this, on top of your sins, and you are dealing with conviction, you're dealing with repentance. Listen to this scripture. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. And so my prayer today is that you consider this as your right before the Lord. Why is it that some people take a long time to come to forgiveness and healing? It's because when there's somebody else involved, they will not have conciliation. They will not have forgiveness to the other person. They hold back reconciliation. And that causes a lot of problems with receiving forgiveness and and receiving Christ in your life. He himself bore our sins on his body on the cross that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. The Lord bless you real good. See you tomorrow. Rosa de Sarol Queima a impureza Do meu ser Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver